morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Good morning to all of you as we worship our Lord. In fact, that's what we did last night. If I can have the picture up on the screen, if you would. Uh, this is from last night's Sidewalk, Sidewalk Prophets. We're in the house, and 
Let me tell you, we had a full house, and it was quite the moment of worship. And I just want to say a quick thank you to Chris Robbins and, say, 50-ish people uh, that volunteered to make the event what it was. So, again, to God be the glory, but um, I, I think we all had a great time. So, God is good. And this is a pun, so I'm going to tell you it's a pun in advance so you don't miss it. On another note, thank you, I got one at least out of it. Um, so we have Randy back there, we have Chris here, uh, Sidestep was inducted into the Nebraska Music Hall of Fame. And so we are so blessed to have you here blessing us and uh, thanks for making our community so fun with the music you provide. Okay, what else is there? Oh, yeah, exploration. Can I have that screen up here? So we talk about worship, but there are other parts of the rhythm of a Christian's life. All right? And one thing that happens on a Wednesday, beginning August 18th, and going through pretty much all of the school year, is we gather together for food, for fellowship, for a little bit of worship. We're going to be doing some learning on all different age levels and different interest levels. And that's going to start August 18th. Who is it for? And I'm going to give the answer. It's very simple. It's for you. It's for me. So that we would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. So more information is going to be coming your way. Just start thinking that Wednesday night, you're going to make your way to 1C and you're going to learn and grow. So just be thinking, August 18th, make that part of your rhythm. All right, a couple things now. Remember, um, as we gather together, there are members of 1C, regular attenders, but we have some guests here. We're so glad you're with us in worship. Whether you are online at Facebook or whether you're in the house, glad you're here. And We want you to come back. We want to get to know you. And some of the ways in which we can get to know you would be Example, if you're in the house on the way out, stop at Next Steps in the family gathering area, meet you, greet you, we have a gift for you. Uh, you could, on Facebook, live right now, you could just put in the comment section, I'm here, that'll let us know. Also, you can text 1C guest to 94,000, that lets us know you're here, and then you can maybe ask some questions you might have. Also, we're going to have prayer time, if you'd like to have your prayers included in worship today, you can let us know. There are slips that are actually in the family gathering area. On Facebook Live, you can put it right in the comment section. We'll gather those. But you can also text 402-242-5051, and we'll include your prayers and worship today. And then also, we're going to have communion. We believe here at 1C that this is a gift that is given to God's people. We believe that it is bread and wine, body and blood, of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It's a beautiful gift. So if that's your belief, we would love to have you join us in that celebration. And we do it two different ways now. Uh, we do our continuous communion, so at the time of the service, you'll be invited to come up whenever you are ready you know, during a song, and you will have uh, those elements provided for you. If you'd rather have communion where you're seated, we do have little packets a bread and wine or bread and juice available, and that's actually found at the kitchen uh, window in family gathering. So if you didn't get that, you can actually go during the next song and get those elements and have those ready for our celebration to come. A lot of announcements. We're not here for announcements, we're here to worship. So let's continue to worship and lift the name of Jesus above all other names.
Come on down for the kids' message. It is time. Come on up front. Find a seat on the floor. There is plenty of room up here for you. All right. Well, today we are looking at Psalm 24. Come on up. And Psalm 24 starts out talking about how big and powerful and amazing and mighty God is. So let's read the first two verses, all right, and see what it says. Psalm 24 starts out and it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and establishes it on the waters. Wow. God is so big, isn't he? The whole world is his and everything in it. And God created the world. He created the dry land and the seas. He is big and powerful and he holds it all in his hands. I don't think I could do that, do you? Do you think you could form the land and the seas and hold it all in your hands? No, God is a lot more big and powerful and mighty than we are. Um, but you know what? I saw, I saw a video recently of what I think it would look like if I tried form the land and the seas and hold it all together in my hands. Let's see what it would look like. What'd you think? How'd it go for him? Do you, do you think he was able to take a mop and a bucket and mop up the sea? No, it didn't work very well, did it? No, because we can't do it. God is big and mighty and all-powerful, but we're not. And you know what? Sometimes life can feel like this. It can feel like we're trying to mop up the sea with a mop and a bucket, and it just doesn't work. But you know what? Just as God is big and mighty and powerful, so is his love for us. And we can trust in that, that God loves us so much that just as he is big and mighty and powerful, so is his love for you. And that's something that we can remember and trust in. And you know what? God also tells us that we can call him Father. So he wants to have a relationship with us because he loves us. And because Jesus rescued us, and has forgiven us of our sin, we can go to God and call him Father and receive his love and his care for us. All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Father God, you are so big and so powerful, and so is your love for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up this morning.
As I've mentioned, you know, we, we're going through what's called summer psalms, and so we're going to look at a couple of them for the next, uh, well, seven weeks more, and remember, psalms are the human condition, God's solution. It's, it's the rhythm you find in almost every single psalm. I think it's important for us to understand that rhythm and that our condition, especially when we get ready to take communion. In fact, the Bible says we should examine ourselves, and if we do examine ourselves, if we do look in that mirror, that spiritual mirror, we would see that we're sinners, broken, fragile, lost. 
That's our human condition. God's solution was to do something about that condition, something that we couldn't do ourselves no matter how hard we tried. So he sent his son to come to this earth and that Jesus suffered, died, rose again to take care of your sin and my sin. So I hope you're fully aware of those two truths, our sin, God's grace, because in this meal, we're confronted with that. We come and we're broken and we receive from the hand of God himself, yes, bread and wine or juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Now as we continue with communion, if you're going to be coming forward and receiving um, communion up here, remember we have bread, both um, unleavened bread, but also gluten-free. So if you would like gluten-free, just let the server know. You can kind of maybe put your finger up and they'll make sure you get the gluten-free we also have wine and juice, and if you prefer to have juice, let the server know, and they will serve you juice. And again, if you're taking communion in your seats today, at any point during the next song, when you are ready, receive that with the assurance that it's the body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. Amen. my old friend I've come to talk with you again because this fog of doubt is not lifting convinces me that you are not listening in the darkness that takes residence in my brain still remains within the sound of silence and in my struggle I walked alone loneliness became my own no words of comfort could restore my hope Despair had brought me to the end of my road. Then my eyes were stabbed by the flash of his loving light that split the night and touched the sound of silence. And in his perfect light, I saw. who had run this race before people who had died but won the war people that we love who grabs tightly to his grace who sought his face despite the sound of silence my child said your pain I know Depression like a cancer grows Hear my words that I might hide, teach you Take my arms that I might reach you Don't let my words Like silent raindrops fall Echo in the halls of silence. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we humbly come to you this morning with many prayers of trials and concerns. Father, we lift up the community of Wahoo and the Shohan family as they suffer through the tragic loss of three of their children in an automobile accident. Lord, be with Nancy at her doctor's appointment on Tuesday. Give the doctors wisdom and work mightily through them to heal her. Grant your amazing peace and comfort to her and her family. Blessings for Sylvia as she has cataract surgery this Wednesday. Be with her and her surgeon for total healing. Lord, please help me find a job. Opportunity soon. We are so financially behind. Praises to you, Father, for the Ulrich family, especially for Eden, who was born without the health problems the doctors expected. Lifting up Sister Peggy, in prayer to you, Lord. She needs your healing power and strength as she endures numerous health issues. It's been a long three years. Help her in her weariness. Prayers for Bo as he continues his fight against brain and spine cancer. And happy second birthday to him. And thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you give us daily. Please pray for my marriage. Lord, give me the strength and patience during these hard times. Continued prayers of healing for our friends, Jane and Kenny Cook. Restore them to health in accordance to your plans for them. In all things, your will be done. Prayers for my husband's surgery Friday that it goes well. Give me the strength to be there for my husband. And finally, Father, we thank you for the group Sidewalk Prophets. Continue to bless their work for you spreading your love wherever they go and keep them safe in their travels. Gracious God, when we are suffering and things feel like they are falling apart, we run to you. You got us, Lord. We place our trust in you to steady our hearts and grant us your grace, mercy, and love through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's reading comes from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Amen, and this is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. You are well, yeah? Okay. Me too. You know, I just want to say how much I appreciate the fact that here at 1C we have this practice of doing the prayers of the people because it's my belief, perhaps you share this with me, that when the church prays, remarkable things happen. Would you agree with that? Yeah. When the church prays, remarkable things will happen. As you came in this morning, perhaps you noticed a couple of small metal shelf things outside the doors. There's Bibles there. Feel free to pick one up and bring it in with you. And if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take it with you. If you're here and you're accustomed to having a Bible app on a phone or a tablet, um, now's a good time to get that out and get ready. Just want to encourage you to be able to kind of track along with the different scripture references um, in the message this morning. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we'll unpack a couple of things in this message. Um, we'll talk big picture about a, a recognition that absolutely everything in the world and all the stuff that's in the world, God holds together. Okay? That's a real big picture. And then there's this smaller picture about you and I that we get to come into the presence of this God who holds all this together. Sometimes I run into a problem with that because I want things to be more in my hands. I want to have control of me and I want to have control of my stuff. So we're going to kind of touch on the notion of idols a little bit here. And I don't know, I don't know why I do that. It's been in my life low these 69 years. But here's something I know, that the, the same Jesus who ascended into heaven calls me to ascend the hill to come into his presence. That is a solution for this notion of idols. I want to just uh, go back and read the first four verses of this psalm again to kind of take us into the message. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy hill? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. One of the things that we worship God on in this journey of ours is the fact that he does hold all this together. And I love the way David constructs this psalm when he talks about the bigness of the world and, and it's full and he holds it and he's established it and it has foundations and it sits solidly and he holds all that together. And yet there's the who, that little pronoun who, which is about me, which is about you. So he's got this and he's got you and I. 
And this, this language of ascending a hill or a mountain, it's, it's a poetic way of saying that we, we come into his presence. We ascend into his presence. But we don't do this in a casual, whatever kind of way. No, it's ascending might indicate there's a, there's a bit of a struggle. There's a bit of an uphill to that. And so coming into the presence of God sometimes is that. Sometimes it comes with struggle. It comes with wrestling in prayer. But the bottom line in all of that is that as we are doing that, we keep our focus on Jesus. So in this few minutes we have together, let's talk a little bit about that, what it means to keep our focus on Jesus. Let's zero in on Psalm 24, verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. That's a description of a person, yeah? As I was preparing this, and I wrestled with this psalm for several weeks, and it was not until in the last couple of days that Jesus began to kind of bring it to fruition inside of me and make some things understandable. One of those was that in, in this little verse, you get your clean hands, pure heart, don't lift up your soul to, to what is false. So let's talk for a minute about two things. One is, it can be hard to name our idols. That is to lift up our soul to what is false. It can be hard to name our idols and then to acknowledge that they're in my life and then to do something about it. So I was thinking back across my life and saying, well, Randy, where have been some idols in your life? And one popped into my brain with immense clarity. I've said from up here several times, and many of you know my story of my first wife and her long illness and her death. And, um, you know, during all of that, sometimes people will say, well, what, what was that like? How did, how did you do as a caregiver? And usually my response is, sometimes I did, that, I did it really well. And sometimes I did it really poorly. And the poorly times was in this person is this um, need that I need my time. I just can't take care of a sick wife forever and ever and ever. I have to get away. And that became an idol. Now you could say, well, of course, I mean, caregivers need a break. Absolutely, they need a break. But for me, it was more this grasping and grasping and clinging and making this mine. That's the nature of an idol. That's the nature of an idol for me. Perhaps you can relate. I do want to let go of that into his hands. And over time, the Spirit's work in me was able to kind of pry these fingers loose and say, let go of that. I've got more for you than that. So that's one thing we want to talk about. Hard to name our idols, hard to let go of them, to deal with them. Second thing we want to unpack is this notion of it can be difficult to examine our conscience. This verse 4 says, clean hands, pure heart, choose not to practice deceit. These are things around the idea of, am I taking a, am I taking a regular close look at my conscience? Am I a reflective kind of person that's spending time looking deep with what's inside of me as I sit in the presence of God? So we'll back up. We'll start with, it's hard to name our idols, and we'll move into this idea of examining our conscience. There's a wonderful teaching in the Old Testament, if you're out there and you've got your little Bible app open, Exodus 20, verses 1 through 18. It's, it's the Ten Commandments passage. There's great teaching in there about idols. You'll probably recognize this. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. 
you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Do you hear it? It's the language of command. It's not the language of suggestion. It's not the language of, eh, try this out, see how it works for you. You know, get back to me. This is the language of command. You shall have no. You shall not make. There's no wiggle room in this, is there? There's no wiggle room. There's no points to say, let me negotiate a couple things with you here, God, okay? I might like this a little better. If oh, That's not it. It's the language of command. God's got an expectation that we hear the command, that we live by the command. And the beauty of this is, is he'll help us do that. We need to be honest about our idols before him. He needs that from us. We need to be honest about our idols before him, and then we can watch what he's going to do to transform us way beyond what we so tightly grasp. So there's a way to kind of frame it in Exodus. Take a little jaunt out of Exodus and move through the pages of the Bible and wander over into Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. This is part of the marvelous Sermon on the Mount. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19 to 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters for either He'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay? He could not be any more clear, could he? You cannot serve God and money. So I was asking myself a question. Let me put it out to you. And I was thinking, you know, some of these questions, I, I would love to sit over there in the mug with some of you over a cup of coffee and just kind of unpack these and hear one another's stories about how God, what has God done in our lives around this particular question? What damage is done in the pursuit of idols? What damage is done in the pursuit of idols? Let's start with what Jesus had to say, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where do we want our heart to be anchored? Where do I want my heart to be anchored? Where do you want your heart to be anchored? It's not anchored in the right place if there's this mad, intentional chasing of idols. It just totally puts me out of sync with Jesus and totally puts me out of sync with other people in my life. Because idol chasing, idol chasing usually means that I'm not willing to do the work of ascending. If I'm chasing idols, I'm not paying attention to this ascending into his presence which oddly enough is the very thing that could bring me back into sync with him and others. It's the very thing that will make me aware of these idols and able to do something about it. Where your treasure is, quite predictable. Your heart's going to be there too. 
Also in this verse, Jesus says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So what do you think? What makes my eye bad? What makes my eye bad? Maybe, because through our eyes, we, we, I mean, we take in enormous amounts of data, don't we? All day, every day. And some of that data is good, and some of that data is not so good, and that not so good item could be the pursuit of idols and then once found clinging to them. And rest be assured, that's a bad eye that will fill us with darkness. I've experienced it and I would love to hear your stories because I bet you have too. Then there's this business of Jesus talking in this passage about serving two masters. And there's a sense in which if we try to do that, our loyalties get divided. So where do, where do we want our loyalty to be? I like for it to be anchored in Jesus, okay? And in this Matthew passage, I mean, wow, the clarity. He is very, very, very clear on this. We are not to serve two masters. We're not Eventually, we're going to have to wrestle with the tension that creates. Love and hate, devoted to one, hate the other. You can't sustain that. I can't sustain that. That tension will become unbearable somewhere along the line. The good news is Jesus offers us a bit of hope all through the Gospels. You could look at the Gospels big picture or as you, you could study one of them and drill down. But here's something that the gospel will do for you and I. It will disrupt our pursuit of idols. It will give us something much more substantial to get a hold of and something lasting, something to live with. And that is anchored in relationship with him. Second point. It's hard to examine our conscience. It's hard to maintain integrity and truthfulness in relationship. It's difficult, this notion of clean hands, pure heart, don't practice deceit. Yeah, well, okay, but maybe I'd rather, you know, I got things I want. I, I, I got to take care of Randy. I got things I want. So... Maybe I'll figure out how to manipulate people in my relationships, or maybe I'll figure out how to be demanding in my relationships so that hopefully I can get what I want. It's hard to maintain integrity and truthfulness in relationship. It's not impossible. It comes with wonderful reward. Let's look at a couple things that might help us do that. The Book of Lamentations, marvelous book about a broken people becoming restored. Lamentations 3, verse 40. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. A very significant call to action in, in this book, this book that describes this movement from, from horrendous loss and personal shame over to restored hope and over to prayer for renewal. That's a wonderful picture of ascending into God's presence and spending time there. That's a great place to examine our ways. Jesus offers us another one in Mark 1, 35. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Solitude with God. Solitude with God. Make it a part of your life. It may require some schedule adjustments. They might be uncomfortable, inconvenient schedule adjustments. Make it a priority. It demonstrates a commitment of our relationship to him. Find a way to get alone with God. Jesus did it. He intentionally stepped away from daily pressures. This guy had daily pressures like none of us have ever had. It was important to him to get away and pray. 
because it's the Father who will infuse us with strength to do the work that he calls us to do. Getting alone with God spurs creativity, grants wisdom from the experience that we have, teaches us from the Bible, gives us courage, conveys other necessary things that we need to make decision. That'd be another great thing to sit and talk about over at the mug over coffee. What's your, what's your experience like when you're alone with God? There's a second half to Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10. I'm not going there because I'm out of time. And, but it's, it's worth a good read. It, it's got some, I don't know, odds of the right word, but let's use it. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors. Gates don't have heads. Doors don't have heads. What does this mean? Well, it's poetic language. It's language about bringing glory to God. We glorify God when we obey him unconditionally. We give him our heart as we enjoy his beauty. What can it possibly mean to see the glory of God in this broken world? You heard those prayers of the people. What does it mean to see the glory of God when a soul is struck with grief through shattering loss? Where's God's glory in the face of a long-anticipated hope that simply collapses at your feet, never comes to fruition? Where's the glory of God when betrayal steps into you and rocks your world? Where's God's glory then? I don't have an answer. My faith tells me it's still around I believe that. But you know and I know these things, and, and you know, where are you, God? He's still around. God's glory is still around. So Jesus, our advocate, he makes it possible for us to come into his presence. There we will find all that we need to do the hard work of naming idols, examining ourselves, and we will discover the ever-faithful Jesus to be more than ready, willing, and able to deepen our relationship with him. If you'll stand, we're going to close with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his favor on you, his face, his countenance. And may he give you his great peace across all of your lives. Amen.
one abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change And I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change